Well, this morning I want to share with you about feeling God's presence. Uh, That's something that we always enjoy. It's also something that we miss uh, when we don't sense God's presence. It's sometimes uh, an area where we question God and say, God, why am I not feeling you right now? And makes us wonder, but we need to realize that God's presence is with us all the time. He is there, but there's something about feeling God's presence And that's what I want to talk about here this morning. And if you have your Bibles, just a short passage of Scripture, 2 Corinthians 13, 11 to 14. So 2 Corinthians 13, 11 to 14. All right. Reading from the New Living Translation says, Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these last words. Be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage each other, live in harmony and peace, and then the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet each other with a sacred kiss. All of God's people here send you their greetings, and may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I've been reading through uh, Corinthians these last uh, few weeks, and I've uh, really been enjoying it, kind of seeing it in a different light as I've been reading it. And that's how God's Word is. You can read it thousands of times, and you read it again, and it's just like you read it for the very first time. And it, God just keeps showing you new things in the Word. And so that's a wonderful thing about the Word of God. I love the Word of God, and uh, that's one of the blessings of God's Word. He continues to speak to you all the time. Uh, no matter if it's, uh, you know, you read it the first time or already read it, for the thousand time. Uh, God speaks through his word, and it's always a blessing. Anyway, as I was reading this, I was just uh, coming to a lot of summaries that I saw the Apostle Paul uh, doing as he's speaking to this church. And, and one of those summaries concerns about the presence of God and feeling that presence. Uh, it's very important for us that we know that we've accepted Christ in our life, that we know that we're saved, that we know that we're born again, that we know that we're in a right relationship with God. But sometimes, you know, having that knowledge and having that belief is not enough. And and we look for, we long for to personally feel that God is with us. You know, we all go through times where we really need that. We, We really need to sense God's presence. We really need to sense his love, his care, his presence. And we do go through times in life where that really becomes a big need for all of us. And, you know, we don't want to make faith about feelings. But let's be honest, it sure is a lot helpful that when we feel the presence of God, it really does help us in our faith. So our faith in Jesus Christ is more than head knowledge. It's more than just attending a church service. Uh, It's more than just having our prayer time or our devotional time. Our faith in Jesus Christ is a relationship where we really can know God and feel God and experience God in our lives. I like an old hymn that comes to my mind, maybe not to yours, unless you're my age or older. Uh, He walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And that is a beautiful joy that we do know that the Lord is with us at all times. And we can have that communion, that fellowship with him at all times. It is a wonderful thing. I think it can be safe in saying that we all want to experience God more in our lives, or at least we should be. 
having a greater understanding, uh, sensing his presence and, and favor more, having encounters with God, having dreams and visions and fellowshipping with God even more. We want a real, tangible experience. And I, and I think that's something we really do need to be seeking and need to be praying for, to sense that, you know, God is in our life, that, uh, you know, he, he, he's with us and he's uh, uh, right beside us when we're going through those trials and those struggles that we go through in life. And it's been one of my prayers. I've been really praying a lot in these last few years. I'm just praying, God, I pray for encounters for people. It seems like a lot of Christians have missed the encounters. They've come to Christ. They've uh, welcomed Christ in life. They, they've served Christ. And they're kind of in limbo right now. Kind of, some may have even walked away. And I just pray, Lord, encounter them again. They, want, they need a fresh encounter with you, Jesus. And, and in reality, we all do. It's one of the most wonderful things that can happen to any one of us is to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. And to have that, that, that time where the Lord just makes himself so real to us. And I do, I pray that. I pray that over our communities that they would have an encounter with Jesus Christ, that there would be a divine visitation, that people would experience Jesus, even hear from Jesus, even though they don't even know Jesus or haven't heard about Jesus. I, I think of all these people uh, around the world that are having dreams and, and visions and God's appearing to them and, and preaching the gospel to them. They're getting saved just through dreams and visions. And I said, well, God, that can happen here. And I pray for that to hear. And it is happening here. I'm starting to run into more and more people that are telling me, you know, God gave me a dream. God gave me a vision. God appeared to me in my dream and spoke to me. And I now have become a believer in Jesus Christ. And so we want that. We want to have more tangible experiences with God. I really think that's so important just to keep people in the faith that we continue to have those encounters with Jesus. So to sense and feel God in one's life it really is a huge bonus to our faith that can make our faith that much real and, and, and touches even that much more. And, and again, we're really praying for that because I do believe that God literally wants to encounter people all over the earth. It, it's almost in some sense, I feel that God is saying, you know what, I've been trying to work through you for so long and you know what, I'm, I got to bypass you. Time is short. And that God is just starting to go out and minister to people himself and visit people and uh, touch people. And, and I welcome that. I, I want to see more of that. You know, knowing God is with you, feeling his presence in your life is, is a huge faith booster to us all. And, and I do. I really pray that, that we would experience that more and more and more. Not just as you come into a church service, but every day as you're working or as you're going along your duties of your day, that you would just sense the presence and power of God. Well, that's something that the Apostle Paul wants to encourage the church in as well. And he, here as he comes, the end of 2 Corinthians, he gives some guidelines here and summarizes his message to the Corinthian church and telling you, know, these are the things I really want you to remember. I've gone through a lot of different things and he really did through First and 2 Corinthians. He hits a lot of big issues out there. But as he comes down to the end, he said, look, here are some things you really do need to remember. And I find very simple advice but very powerful advice as well. And it comes down to actually just verse 11, just one verse, where it says, Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these words. Be joyful, grow to maturity, encourage each other, 
Live in harmony and peace, and then the God of love and peace will be with you. And right in there, that little passage of Scripture, you really do have the answer how the God of love and peace will be with you, how you'll sense the presence of God, things that you need to do that will help you to experience the presence of God. And so I'd just like to look just at that little verse, verse 11, and just pick out those things that are in there that might encourage us to uh, experience and feel the presence of God more. Now, one of the first ways that the Apostle Paul tells us that we can sense and feel God's presence more in our lives is to be joyful. That might sound kind of interesting, to be joyful. To be joyful first. Not to wait till God makes you joyful, but to be joyful even before God starts to impart that joy to you. To be joyful is to be happy, to rejoice, to feel great pleasure. And that's really how our relationship with God should be. We should be joyful in our Christian faith. Joyful that our sins have been forgiven, that we have a home and heaven prepared for us. We have a eternity uh, that is waiting for us. We have a relationship with God. We have fellowship with God. That should cause a joy in every one of us as a Christian, for sure. Being a joyful person, being excited about our God definitely helps in our relationship with God. And also in experiencing God's presence. You know, attitude always makes a difference. It really does. And especially when we approach God or when we worship God. Listen to Psalm 89, 15. It says, Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship, for they will walk in the light of your presence, Lord. How do we come into his presence? When you come to that time of prayer, when you come to that time when you look to the Word of God, or you're listening to the Word of God, or when you come to church on a Sunday or through the week, how do you approach Him? Do you come with joy, or do you come with other thoughts in your mind? Well, that determines a whole lot on whether you're going to feel the presence of God or not. If you have no joy in being here, don't want to be here, you know, I can probably tell you that you're probably not going to feel a whole lot, because you don't really want to be here. There's not a joy that is causing you to be here. So how you react when we come to worship or when we come to prayer, when it comes to spending time in the Word of God, makes a big difference in whether or not we experience the presence of God. And so any time that we have an encounter with God or wanting an encounter with God, it really should be a joyous experience, something that we should look forward to. Now, we all know that sometimes and hopefully few times, that sometimes we come before God or, or we come to prayer, we come to worship, we come to church, and we're not feeling the joy. That does happen. Sometimes discouragement got the better of us. We're not all that encouraged as we're going. We're, we're, we're following through because we know this is what we should do, but, you know, discouragement got a hold of us or anxiety got a hold of us or, you know, maybe uh, we've we done things that weren't really pleasing to God and we're feeling his conviction and and, you know, we're not really feeling happy about ourselves or maybe we fail God or maybe we're just having a bad day because everybody has a bad day once in a while. And sometimes we have a bad attitude as well. And if we come in those waves, often we don't experience that joy of his presence because we're not in that right frame of mind. And those times we, you know, we need to recognize, you know what, that Joy is not where it should be. See, joy is almost like a, 
It's like an indicator light on your vehicle. That when something's wrong with your vehicle, an indicator light comes on to say, there's something wrong with your vehicle and you need to take it in and get it serviced. Well, joy is like that. It's an indicator light in your life. That when you're going through life and there's no joy, you're not feeling it, you're not feeling God's presence, it's kind of like an indicator that's shining and saying, time for service. Time for service. Get some service. You need to go in and get touched by God again. You need to look to him again because God wants you to have joy. God wants you to fill you with his presence and power. I like the psalmist David. I love reading through the psalms. I find them very realistic, down to earth, and often that he goes through things in life that we all do, and I like how he responds. Sometimes he does respond so great, and other times he responds good, but he always comes back to the fact that God's my helper. I turn myself back to God. Psalm 51, 10 to 12. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. That is a great place to start. When we're struggling with joy in our lives, when we're struggling in the whole area of the presence of God in our lives, a good place to start looking is maybe ourselves. God, is there anything in here that's not right right now? God, if there is, create in me a clean heart. Create in me a right spirit, because sometimes we get a wrong spirit. Sometimes we get a bad attitude. And, and we can bring all that to God and say, God, I just bring all these things to you, and I ask you to cleanse me of these, God, because I want to get back to that place where I have the joy of my salvation again. Joy is a good thing. Joy is something that God desires in each one of us. So as we look to the Lord, as we keep our eyes on Jesus, as we stay in that relationship with God, that's all essential to having joy in our lives. Psalm 28, 7 says, The Lord is my strength and shield. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me, and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. So if you want that joy and get into that presence of God, keep close to the Lord. Keep that relationship with God strong. Keep serving him. And you'll find yourself walking in greater joy that results in more joy and that results in even more the presence of God being in your life. So as you pray, as you spend time in the word of God, as you fellowship with people, as you spend time in God's house, look for the joy and keep the joy. If it's not there, again, it's an indicator light. Say something's not right. You need it attention to this area. Philippians 4.4 4 says, always be full of joy in the Lord. And I say it again, rejoice. See, the joy comes from being with God. It doesn't come because you're going through bad circumstances. It comes because you're in a relationship with God. And God wants to bring a joy to you and a presence to you, even in the worst of circumstances, that he will be with you and his presence will surround you. So joy is important for the Christian. And it's a, a very important aspect that it helps us experience the presence of God even more in our lives. And so I encourage you, pursue the joy. Pursue the joy. Secondly, the Apostle Paul tells us that we can feel God's presence more in our lives if we continue to grow in maturity of our faith. 
As Christians, we're to grow in our faith. Never believe the lie that you have all you need from God and that there isn't more from God. So many people do that. They serve God for a while and they kind of stop thinking, well, I, you know, I, I'm saved. You know, I asked Jesus into my life. This is wonderful. This is good. And they don't pursue God. Being a Christian is a lifelong pursuit right through to eternity. You never stop growing. We're never to stop growing. God always has more for you. Always, always. He always has more. And he always has more of that seeking heart. And that is the realm where, you know what? As we seek him, we're going to sense him. We're going to feel his presence more in our lives. So simple solutions, keep growing. Keep getting into the word. Keep, uh, you know, pressing in there. Don't give up. Colossians 1.10 says, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. So we all have a responsibility to take those steps to grow in our faith. You know, these last few years, there's a, you know, church has been different. And a lot of people haven't been in church. Some haven't been in church in, in years because of covid or because of other situations. But if we want to grow in our faith, you got to get hungry. you got to want more. you got to push. And that was something a lot of us learned during COVID was to strengthen ourselves in the Lord because we weren't always able to have church or we weren't able to do church as we normally did it. And so it kind of was forcing a lot of people, you need to strengthen yourselves in the Lord. You, you need to take personal responsibility for your life and start to make sure that you continue to grow in the faith during this time. And so that was a good thing. We need to do that. We need to do that more where we need to take personal responsibility for our own growth in God and work at it. So effort is required to grow. We need to take responsibility for that and seek out knowledge, seek out that experience with God, and that whole part of experience more of God. And I know we can always blame others if we want to stay in that area or or, you know, saying this is a problem, that's a problem. We really need to focus on God himself. Get close to him. And as you, you pursue him, you will experience God's presence more and more. Colossians 2, 7 says, let your roots grow down into him, into Jesus, and let your lives be built on Jesus. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth as you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. You need to keep working at your faith. You need to keep growing in your faith to become mature. So we all need to do our due diligence here because if we don't do that due diligence, then you know what's going to happen? We will sense God's presence less. We, we will have less encounters with God if we're not pursuing that growth with God. So we need to be careful what we prioritize in our lives and what we feed on because not everything is good that will cause you to grow in the faith. Just like in the natural, not everything that we eat is good for our bodies or helps us with our health of our bodies. Well, the same way in the spirit realm. Not everything you may be doing out there may be helping you in your spiritual walk with God. Jesus makes that quite clear here in, in his message uh, that he spoke in Luke chapter 8, verse 14, as he talked about the parable of the seeds. And he said, the seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message. But, they all too, but all too quickly, the message 
is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. So again, be careful how you spend your time, what you pursue in life, because not everything contributes to your growth in Christ. In actuality, it could actually stunt your growth or even lessen your growth. And so that's something we've got to be wise to, alert to. Things that maybe we're doing in our lives that, you know, they're not bad or anything, but they're not helping us to grow. They're not doing anything for our spiritual health and our spiritual strength. And so growing is certainly an area where we, you know, we need to continue in that we will stay in that realm where we experience the presence of Almighty God. So if you want to feel and experience the presence of God, you know, take steps to grow. Get into the Word of God. How great is the Word of God? We really do need to be into the Word of God. Uh, we are so blessed today with all the modern technology. Uh, you don't even have to read the Scriptures. You, know, you can just, you know, on your phone, just press a button, and it starts playing for you from your phone, through your car uh, uh, system. Uh, you're going to be playing the Bible. So we really don't have any excuses for not getting the Word of God inside of us. Get into prayer. And again, you, you can pray anywhere. Uh, you, you can pray on your way to work. You can pray while you're doing uh, things at work. You know, you don't have to necessarily pray it out loud, but lots of different ways that you can pray. Take time to pray. Get into a church. Get involved in a church. Have, get into fellowshipping with other believers because you want to grow and mature in the faith. Then thirdly, the Apostle Paul, Paul tells us how to feel the presence of God more in our life by encouraging one another. To encourage is to give support and advice to someone that's going to help them. To give them courage, to, to lift them up and to build them up. And we really need to be doing that for one another. Uh, and again, sometimes we allow that to slip. You know, life is so busy, it seems. And, you know, things are going on and things are happening to people. And, and sometimes we just kind of brush it off and say, well, that's just life, you know, uh, sorry for you. But we're not expressing that. We're not trying to go to that person and encouraging them. Uh, people have lost loved ones. Uh, that has happened here in our church over these last months where people have lost loved ones. Encouraging word, a phone call. Talk to somebody. Ask them how they're doing. Um, Send a card to somebody. I know uh, getting something in the mail is, uh, the only thing we get mailed today is usually bills, and, uh, but send something in the mail. Send an email. Uh, message somebody, whatever. Uh, encourage one another. Take opportunities when you're in church. Encourage one another. It's not just the pastor's job on a Sunday to encourage you. It's all of our jobs to encourage one another. And that should be something we should be praying and asking God for, Lord, is there somebody I need to encourage today? When you come to church, just don't come to receive, come ready to give and ask the Lord, Lord, is there somebody today that I need to encourage? And I pray, God, direct me to them. God, would you just highlight some person today that, you know, that I could just get to them and, and speak to them and, and just give them something encouraging to say? That's a good thing to do. Listen to what Hebrews 10, 25 says. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. 
And we certainly realize that we are far closer to the time of the return of Christ than at any other time in our history, obviously. But he says there's something you need to be all doing, encouraging one another, encouraging one another. You know, we've gone through COVID and it's kind of separated a lot of us where people were by themselves, people were lonely, people were discouraged. They weren't getting out to be around other people where they could be lifted up or built up or encouraged. And so that's a real big need out there, even right now, that we would encourage others. There's a lot of people that have kind of settled in that mode of being all alone, being by themselves, and you know what? They haven't even come back to being a gathering yet because they kind of got comfortable there. But you know what? They're missing encouragement, and they need encouragement. The Scripture, of course, is very clear and where we'll find encouragement and, of course, experience the presence of God. Encouragement does not come by staying home or choosing other things of life over your commitment to God. It really comes by attending and being part of a fellowship of believers that are wanting to experience God. See, a local church is to be a place of encouragement. It's a biblical principle that is taught throughout Scripture that as a church, as a gathering of believers, that we are to encourage one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you're already doing. And we want to keep doing that. We want to encourage people. Don't leave it just up to me, because I'm not going to get everybody. But as we would work together and encourage one another together, we can make this the most encouraging place on the planet. And it needs to be. It really does. You know, and again, just talk to somebody. Introduce yourself to somebody. Do a deed for somebody. Speak encouraged word to them. Text them. Email. Visit them. Uh, praying for somebody. And, and again, the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, we do believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and that God can use it. So again, as if God has used you in the gift of the Holy Spirit, maybe you need to be praying as you come to church. Lord, is there somebody that needs healing today? I believe that you want to work through healings through me. Well, ask God for that. Ask God to direct you to that person. Don't always wait for the pastor to say, okay, we're now going to let people use their gifts and do that. And maybe we can do that a little bit more often and maybe at the end of services too. But you can ask God. If God can give you the revelation that there's somebody that needs a healing, he can give you the revelation of who it is and that you can go up to them and to pray for them. Or maybe you have a, a word of prophecy uh, for somebody. Maybe you have a word of, of wisdom to give to somebody. Whatever it is, just ask God. If that God impresses something on your heart, then take the extra step and say, okay, God, who? Who is that person? I want you to highlight that person to me that, God, I might go to them that I may not miss them. Because if you wait for people to come to the altar, you miss a lot of it. You really do. Because, you know, we all have plans. We all have busyness. Circulate. Get them out amongst the crowd. Uh, you know, we come that emperor, beat her to the door, and say, oh, I'm going to catch that person. I'm going to be right out that. As they come to that door, I'm going to be ready. That God's going to highlight that person. Encourage one another. It really is important uh, for us as a church and as for Christian people. You know, there's a lot of people that carry heavy burdens. And, you know, we, we live in a pretty private society. We, you know, we don't like to go out and tell everybody, you know, I got a need today. You know, I'm hurting today. Uh, you know, I'm suffering today. I'm not feeling good today. We don't usually like to tell people those things. 
And so again, to encourage somebody, that's you just saying, Holy Spirit, start working in me. I want to encourage somebody today. You know, one of the things I love to hear is when people come to me and they say, you know, Pastor, there was a person from your church that came to me and uh, came to me after the service or they called me through the week, whatever the situation was. And you know what, Pastor, it really encouraged me. I couldn't believe it, how that person really blessed me. Man, I'm really thankful that there's people like that in your church. And I heard of a story of that this week, that a person called me through the week, and they were sharing a story about someone else that had come to them and just began to minister to them and speak into their life. We want to see that happen more and more. That's important. Be an encourager. You know, something amazing of being an encourager, that when you encourage somebody, they get encouraged, what happens to you? It gets right back on you. You get encouraged, and you get blessed. You feel the presence of God because you suddenly realize, that was God. That really was God. You know, I was, wasn't really sure, but I took a step of faith, and I got to realize it was God. I was feeling his presence, and he was guiding me. So that's something that's really important. Uh, Ephesians 4 29 says, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be encouragement to those who hear them. And so may we try to focus on that. Be encouragers. Because as we're encouragers, it creates an atmosphere for the presence of God to be among us. And that's what we really want. That's, I don't want to just come to church and sing songs and hear a message. I want to come to church. I want to sense his presence. I want to sense that God is with me. I want to sense that God is with the people. I want to sense that God is touching people in our midst. And you know what? We can help that by being encouragers. So encourage one another in the Lord. It's a huge blessing, atmosphere changer, and bring in the presence of God. Then fourthly, in feeling God's presence, it tells us to live in harmony. As Christians, we're to strive to live in unity and to be of one mind. Now, I realize that, you know, we're not going to agree on everything, but we're supposed to keep the unity among us and strive for peace in our midst. Again, harmony and peace create an atmosphere where God can work and where God's presence dwells. It's a beautiful thing when Christians pursue harmony over preference and over our opinions. How important is harmony? Listen to these verses. Psalm 133. There's only three verses in this psalm. And it says, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls in the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. See, harmony creates atmosphere, an atmosphere where the presence of God can move. It's also harmony that shows us here that it also creates anointing. You know, we, we talk about, I want the anointing of God on my life. I want the anointing. Well, you know what? God says if you have the harmony, if there's unity, then you know what? Anointing's going to be there. Not only will the presence be there, anointing will be there. Something else that will also be there is the blessing of God. God's blessing will be upon us as we have that harmony. And so harmony is a very good and important aspect. It's one of the things where the enemy likes to come in, whether it's a church, 
whether it's a nation, whether it's the nations of the world, and create disharmony. And we saw that uh, through COVID, a lot of disharmony. Let's continue to see it today with wars and things happening uh, and taking place. That's the work of the enemy. God blesses harmony where people come together. And so let us continue to work towards harmony. So, harmony is something to protect, stand up for, uh, especially if we want to experience the presence of God in our lives. Book of Romans is uh, another good book to read in this whole area of harmony and how important it is. Uh, Romans 12, 16. kind of like this one. It's kind of like really, really direct. Uh, he's holding back no punches here. It says, live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. I think like, wow, now there it is, just straight from the cuff, right out there to us. And really, isn't that the issues a lot of times? It's our own pride, or it's because, no, I know better than you do. And we, you know, we just dwell there instead of like, let's work towards harmony. What can we do to come together and work for unity and peace? So to me, that's some really uh, practical advice on that one there. I kind of like that one, how he just kind of shoots from the hip on that one. Another one comes from Romans 14, 19. It says, so then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. And I like that, try to build each other up. Sometimes it can be a task uh, to build each other up. Sometimes, you, you know, a person can tick you the wrong way or something they say, you know, just, just might uh, hit you the right way. And you know what? You got to get past that and say, you know, we got to go towards harmony here. Harmony and peace. That's what's important in our church. That's what's going to create an atmosphere for God to work and touch our lives. And I, I know it's not always easy to keep the harmony, but God calls us, especially as Christians, to keep that harmony. That needs to be important. And so, you know, I, I realize we, we have our rights. Uh, we all have our opinions and our preferences. But, you know, we really need to submit those to God because that's what true love does. It submits all things to God, even though, you know, this is my opinion, this is my preference, but for the love of God and for the peace of God to be evident in our midst, you know, I'll, I'll let go of some things that we might have this. And as we speak of love, that, of course, is another key to harmony. And since God is love, obviously God operates in the atmosphere where there is love. Colossians 3.14 says, above all, Clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And again, the great thing for harmony, you need the love of God. And love conquers all. It really does. And as we have love in our hearts and in our lives for one another, then there's going to be a harmony. And that really is a true indicator of our Christianity uh, and harmony to be among us and will bring the peace, the presence of God. And so it's just a short little verse, verse 11. But listen again to it. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, I close my letter with these last words. Be joyful. Grow to maturity. Encourage each other. Live in harmony and peace. Then the God of love and peace will be with you. It doesn't say, you know, he's with you anyway. No, he's saying then he'll be with you. If you want to create an atmosphere or conditions for the Spirit of God to be operating in your life and to be sensing and feeling uh, God's uh, presence in your life, then there are things that we need to do in creating that atmosphere. 
Strive to be joyful. Not always easy, but we need to remind ourselves of the blessings that we have, to look around us. There's lots of blessings that we have. I, I know with social media and all the things you hear in the news, uh, it makes us feel like you got nothing, that our world is falling apart, there's no hope, there's no nothing. Start focusing on what you do have and start thanking God for that. Be joyful over what you have. You know, I, I, I still have, my hope is still in Jesus. I know that whatever happens in this world, you know what, one day I'm going to be with him, no matter what happens. You know, if I lose everything, I still have him, and I'm still going to have an eternity with him. I'm going to be thankful for that. I'm going to rejoice about that. I'm going to continue to grow to maturity and work on that. You know, there's, all of us need to work in our lives. None of us are perfect. We all slip, fall, make mistakes. We're not perfect. We need to keep working on growing. We need to strive to encourage one another. That's really important. Encourage one another. Live in harmony and peace. And then the Bible says, then the God of love and peace will be with you. The presence of God will be with you. I want more of the presence of God. Those are the most beautiful times in my whole life when I experience the presence of God, when I feel the presence of God. There's nothing better than that when you feel the presence of God. And I know you feel the same when you encounter those times where you sense the presence of God in a very real and tangible way. There's nothing better. So why don't we keep seeking after it? Why don't we keep pressing after it? Because we know that's the best. So let's keep going after the best. Let's keep being joyful. Let's keep working in our faith. Let's keep working in harmony. Let's keep working for the presence of God. We want more of his presence. Because in his presence, there is peace. In his presence, there is healing. In his presence, there is deliverance. In his presence, there's healing for anxieties and fears. There's words of knowledge and words of wisdom that comes to us in his presence. In his presence, there's joy. There's happiness. There's comfort. There's strength. There's all those things, and we all know that. Let's say try to experience more. I want more, God. More, God. That needs to be the heart cry of our hearts. My dream as a pastor is to see people in this church that I don't have to pray for nobody, that God just ministers to them, that the presence of God becomes so thick and so wonderful that people just start getting healed during the singing, during the preaching, during the prayers, during the offerings. Whenever those things take place, I did, that's, to me, that would be my highest joy to see, just to see Jesus kind of show off and just start touching people, see people jumping up and maybe running around and maybe looking a little bit ridiculous because they're shouting, I got healed, I got healed. Imagine if somebody was crippled and they're in your church and suddenly they got healed and they start running around. Now, they would probably like, well, that's not the proper thing to do in church. I think there'd be a whole lot of us that would start running with that individual if we saw that, would we not? Let's pray for the presence. Pray for the presence. More of your presence, Lord. And God, that, that's how we conclude today. More of your presence. More of your presence. More of your presence, Lord. We need more of your presence. God, forgive us when we're pursuing other things or, Lord, we're busying ourselves with other things and we're not pursuing the presence. 
God, we want to walk in your presence. We want to walk with you and talk with you all the time. And Lord, just to have that relationship with you that we're ready, Lord, to encourage one another or minister to one another, help somebody. Father, open up our eyes that we might see people that are in need. I pray that, Lord, in our church services that you would move in our midst and you would speak to us as the body, all of us, and that, Lord, that you would open our eyes to see people that are in need today or that are in need of an encouraging word. I pray that, Lord, as well for as we work throughout the week or as we walk in our community, open our eyes, Lord, to see people that, Lord, are needing ministry, that are needing help, they're needing an encouraging word. And God, help us to give words from heaven to people because, Lord, we really do want to touch people. We really do want to minister to people. So help us to do that, Father. Help us to do that, Lord. Help us to do that. Thank you, Jesus.